February 3rd, 2017 podcast. It is March. It is March. I'm at March, um, and it's the third. It is the second. I may have said third. I meant second. Goddamn, I got everything wrong about the date. It's okay, because... Either way, it is the podcast today, and we're going in. Me, DJ Big Dicky, Chef Flapjack's here. You know he's here. Special guest. Paul Guativa. Hey, keep it cold, 45. Hey, there we go. He knows how it go- is, it be, it do. They don't think it'd be like it is. But it do. Hey. Now, I want to point out something. Even though uh, Big Dickie did get the uh, date wrong, I think it's a little bit irrelevant because date is an arbitrary, um, you know, figment. Honestly, uh, any measure... It, it's a social construct. Honestly, any, any measure of time is a social construct. And because, that is because we are living in a simulation. Mm, debatable, but... Explain yourself. Okay, let me just keep saying what I was saying before. <laughs> because time is a continuous thing, and we try to discretize it by but giving seconds... But if it's a continuous thing, but it's a social construct, then how is it legitimate at all? It's not... A, so, time is legitimate because of... We all agree on the way that we measure it. The thing is, time just, uh, time is constantly flowing. It's an ebb and flow, just like the moon. I, I don't agree with you on how time flows. You're retarded, Paul. But I'm not. I don't have Down syndrome. There's so many other kinds of retarded. A and B, you just don't understand how time works and disagree. Yeah, and if you disagree with the fact that we live in a simulation, you just should not be alive. Okay, I... That couldn't be more wrong. So explain yourself. Why do you think that this is base reality? Okay. I have a couple thoughts about this. Yeah. Hey, so um, if you were trying to simulate an entire world like people try to claim that we are in a simulation and all that, this simulating an entire world would be such a monumental task. It's crazy. A. Okay. And B. When you're trying – if you're in a world in which your eventual plans then simulate – a world, then you have to assume that the world that you simulate will then simulate a world within their world, right? right? So you need, right? And then that so, world that they simulate will then have a simulated world. So you need to have rebuttal. infinite commu- computing power if you're ever going to simulate rebuttal. one world. We haven't set into motion our own legitimate simulations that would replicate our civilization, right? So. We don't know what's going to happen when we do that. Our simulation could crash as soon as we go to do it. Well, we here's the thing: could the also thing. be just one of many simulations under the assumption that we're a simulation. So we could. So be, you're saying we are a simulation? No, I'm saying if we are we a simulation, yeah. it's unlikely that we're the only simulation from the so, from the entity that is simulating us. It's unlikely that we're the only simulation, and therefore, any of those simulations could then 
try to simulate their own, have their own simulations of a world. So let me just and say, then so for oh each possible simulation, you need to allow infinite computing power. Right. Because all of those could then have their own simulations. Yeah, I understand that. But so me, it makes no sense to have any simulations. So let me throw something out there real quick. Um, Elon Musk, the guy, you know, Tesla, SpaceX. SpaceX, all that shit. So he actually has said that they're... Well, he's never officially said, like, yes, I believe that we're living in a simulation, but he said there is a one in billionth chance that we live in a simulation... Uh, that we that we are in base reality. So he's given the rest of that that we're living in a simulation. But let me explain his reasoning real quick. Okay, I'd love to hear that. He goes by the basic, like, thing that most people who believe that we're living in a simulation believe in and that there's three outcomes for mankind now like 40 years ago what are the three outcomes first? well i'm gonna i'm gonna preface it real quick with like okay. a quick 30 second thing um like 40 years ago um and this is straight out of elon musk's mouth okay, okay? yeah um like 40 years ago we had like pong which is just two lines in a in a ball really right yeah and now we have you know oculus and the hcc vibe which are you know immersive virtual reality stuff and, and, you know, I mean, like, you can, you still know you're in a game, but based on that, like, continuum, like, where are we going to be in 40 years from now? So Elon Musk says that, or, and just simulation theory, period, if you look at the Wikipedia page, says that there are three possible... So we're calling Wikipedia real sources. Well, no, but I'm saying <laughs> that's that what a, you're saying? it's a good basis to start from, for simulation yeah. theory. And so... Yeah, that is true. The first place I go to get some... Basis information is Wikipedia. Then to I start find your research. Then yeah. I find reputable sources. True. So I'm just gonna say, like, if for any of our listeners, Mike, um, that want to <laughs> research our stuff, like, if you go to simulation theory on Wikipedia, it'll say like the the, the standard three um, outcomes for uh, for humankind. Can you can you mute that? Because I'm I don't working know if it's, on is it, if it's coming through on the yeah, go fuck yourself. Okay, just keep talking. Apologies, but, but anyway, dumbass ideas. <laughs> but so like, there's three <laughs> outcomes. One, we 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 never get to the point that our technology is advanced, which I think you're arguing. We'll never get to the point where we're advanced enough to run our own like realistic simulation, which is kind of like we'll never have infinite computing computing power, right? But simulation theory would argue that. Mankind would just cease to exist at that point because at this point we've been for the whole for all of history we've been advancing in technology. That's true. So that and there's definitely a flaw in that theory. I, I will admit, right? But this let me just keep going with the other two theories. The second um, opinion is we'll get to that point where we have this kind of computing power, whether it be through and don't get all fucking excited, but like whether it's through quantum computing or whatever. Quantum computing is cool. Well, anyway, the second theory is we'll get to that technology, but either through ethical reasons or whatever other sort of reasons, we'll choose not to run simulations. Maybe we'll choose to use that computing power towards something else, right? Everything and the third else. option, the third option is that we run simulations and um, like that are so advanced to the point that the simulations wouldn't even know that we're in a simulation, and therefore we could be in a simulation that's so advanced from our ancestor simulation that we don't even know. Like that we're in one, and there would be no way of telling. So it's a null hypothesis where we can't prove it nor disprove it. So we just won't fucking know, you know. I feel like personally that's a weak argument because if you're ever gonna try to argue a point where the only one where it actually backs you up is that there's no possible way to refute it because it's some theoretical technology that's completely unrealistic that we can't disprove it. That's ridiculous. But we wouldn't know. Mm, come on. It's kind of like being agnostic when it comes to religion. 
Yeah, no, that, that's like saying, like, maybe there's something we could just never fathom, you know? Like, A, it unlikely. B, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if it's something that's so advanced that we can ever possibly fathom, the depth to which it goes, it doesn't matter. Honestly. It doesn't matter. And it's unrealistic because I think that, like, at least from what I've seen throughout my life, the humans in our reality can do pretty much any any task that they set their real minds to. And just infinite computing power is unrealistic regardless of where you're at, what you believe, any of that. I understand what you're saying, but I, I do think that it's an interesting thing to just, like, even ponder, like, philosophically, you know, I think it's, like, an interesting thing to think about. And what are you, goddamn Socrates? No, 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 I'm not fucking Socrates. <laughs> but for me personally, it's like... You mean Aristotle? <laughs> oh, there, you go, there you go, fucking um, Plato, you know, but for me personally, it's like, um, I don't know, like, I, I'm going to say that there's a, as Nate would say, a non-zero chance that we're in base reality. I would say that there's a chance that we are. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we figure out we're in a simulation. And I have, I don't understand it because I'm not a fucking genius, but I've heard like theoretical physicists who believe in, you know, who understand like dark matter and shit like that. Like it makes, it would dark make Dark matter is a, a horrible stopgap. All I'm, dark I'm saying, stupid as fuck. All I'm saying right, is I'm know. not smart enough to know, um, to understand the stuff they're arguing, but I, I have heard about theoretical physicists saying it would make more sense if we're in a computer simulation than if we're in base reality. Just based off how our understanding of science right now, as it goes right now, based on our understanding like of science, it would be it would make a lot I would have to say that's a very weak argument because yeah. we're still we're still learning, you know. We are still learning. And but in conclusion, personally, I agree with Nate mm-hmm. that the whole computing power thing. But with that being said, that leaves the possibility that we are in just the first simulation. And wow. we're about to crash some shit if we start doing our own simulations. Or we're in base reality. But see, by that logic, any any attempt at making a simulation of society would lead to the destruction of your own society because it would overload the computing power. Exactly. Because and that's why you pose an ethical issue with starting simulations. Maybe it did become ethics right now. I didn't expect that, but, mm. you know, maybe if you create your own simulation, it jeopardizes... Your right. own your own reality, you know, the way you the way you can currently see it. That's some deep shit, man. Or maybe we are just getting to the border maybe where just... there's another simulation, parallel think... universes, if you will. Oh wow. Where another simulation is getting ready to run the simulation that's going to crash our ancestor simulation. Or maybe we're just all really fucked up and this is a really dumb idea. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's the most likely, honestly. Well, I mean, if you ask me sober, I do. I, I honestly think that there's a chance that we live in a simulation. And I, I think there's a less than 1% chance we're in a simulation. But you're saying there's a chance. Orders of magnitude less than 1% chance. I, I think that there's a chance, albeit slim. So slim that it's not worth pondering. In your opinion. But, you know, I think there's a slim chance we're in a simulation. That said, like, I, it, yeah, if it turns out somehow we can prove that we're in a simulation, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I again, be, I would be shocked. Well, you know, absolutely shocked, completely baffled. All right, yeah, so now, no, it would ruin my whole life, life position on everything. Your simulated life would ruin your simulation. Yeah, no, I, I'd have to rethink everything. Well, at least you wouldn't have more life. Speaking of that, let's talk about Drake's new playlist, "More Life." That's supposed to drop two days from now on Saturday. Um, 
I don't know if you've heard much about this project he's got putting out. Since when did we start caring about dumbass playlists from dumbass artists? Well, see, so that's the interesting thing that I want to talk about. So, so Drake, right? Mm-hmm. I had never heard of that. I know you guys probably don't like Drake that much, but... No, Drake, just... Drake's fine. I had just never heard of this dumbass project. So this project is going to be called More Life. It's going to have things like Fake Love, which was really popular, and also Sneakin'. Yeah. By oh wow! Two Nights. songs that I've heard on my own accord. So those two are going to be the singles off this playlist. The reason I keep calling it a playlist is because this is what Drake is branding it as. It's not going to be an album. It's going to be a playlist. And the reason why he says that is it's something along the lines of like recently it's just kind of like been kind of um, the way albums have been put out. It's just like songs that people throw together. As far as I understand, isn't that so, what they? Always kind of, but if you look at like old albums, especially like it's kind like of a classic uh, albums like, used to be a lot more meant to be listened to all the way through. Like that if you think of like cla- like the best albums, like Sgt. Pepper's by the Beatles and Dark Side of uh, the Moon by oh, Pink Floyd, yeah. stuff like that. Like those are albums, and especially like Dark Side and Wish You Were Here. A lot of Pink Floyd albums flow right through. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. So they're designed to be more of a cohesive thing than just a one song at a time. So. You know what? I respect Drake a little bit. So for Drake's that. calling it a playlist. And actually I know I'm signing Wikipedia again, but if you go to the Wikipedia page for more life, um, usually if you go to like an album's Wikipedia page, it'll say like studio album by Drake. But for more life it'll say playlist by Drake. So I was wondering so do you, you guys think that the playlist um, name is like accurate as far as it sounds like it's accurate, but also like just one of the worst ideas I've ever heard of an artist. I don't know if it's the worst idea. I, I think mean, he's trying to prove a point. I, it's it's definitely trying to prove a point, but I don't think it's the worst idea. Because you know what I think the worst idea was? <laughs> the fucking DeMarcus Cousins trade that happened Ooh. like last oh, week. Oh, good transition. Thank oh, you. I appreciate good that. Good shit. Okay. I, I was hoping I wasn't forced. Fuck that DeMarcus Cousins trade. So I can't believe that within like a day or two... They went from, we're not going to trade this guy, he's a franchise player, to, yeah, we'll take your table scraps for this guy, yeah, that's fine. So in a, <laughs> in a, in a quick... It's um, incredible. In a quick just review of the trade um, for our, our listeners, Mike, and also, um, Paul, Paul, to be honest, doesn't really follow much basketball. At but, all. But he'll, well, no, I mean a little bit, he knows like... I mean, players. I know a little bit. Yeah. So, so I'm just gonna. I'm, very, I'm, very, I'm, very, very. players so, on the Cavs. <laughs> so, yeah, I know the Cavs and a little bit of the Warriors and maybe like one player on the Bulls. As, anyway. far, <laughs> as far as the details. The Celtics to, matter more than all those teams. Oh, fuck the Celtics. As far as the details of the trade, it was essentially um, DeMarcus Cousins went from the Sacramento Kings to. And, and Omri Caskey as well. Went from the Sacramento Kings to the New Orleans Pelicans. And the New Orleans Pelicans, in exchange, sent um, small forward or point forward, I should say, Tyreek Evans. Um, shooting guard, young shooting guard, Buddy Heald, and Slash um, small forward. They're talking about that, and a few uh, draft picks in the future, including a first, at least two. No, least it's two. one first and one second. Okay, it's a first this year and a second next year, I believe. Okay, and so that being said, now that we've laid those out, that's a robbery by the Pelicans. It's trade robbery. Oh my goodness. Oh my. God. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, one of the best. Bi- I mean, if not the best center in the NBA, there right hasn't now. been a worse robbery since the Old West. Well. Actually, Tell me of one. Okay, okay, maybe the Celtics on the Nets for Paul Pierce and KG for at all the those time first... that wasn't absurd, uh, but now with, with well, yeah, hindsight, yeah, hindsight, hindsight, come on. Who knows, dude? If Vivek Ranadive's prophecy of Buddy Heald being the next Steph Curry, if that comes true, this is train robbery, bro. Yeah, but Steph Curry's anti-clutch, so they'll never Ooh. win a ring either way. They'll they'll yeah. have to, they'll have to rely on major injuries from the team that they play in the finals. It's the yeah. only way if. If Buddy Heald is the next Steph Curry and they're building a team around that, 
They're going to have to rely on major injuries from the other team in the finals. Interesting, interesting fact. I wonder who would take over the position. Like, who would be, like, the Clay Thompson on the Kings and also the Draymond Green on the Kings that would, like, be in? Yeah, remember when Draymond Green used to average a lot of points? That was that was quite the one year. They added the... They added this like the four-time scoring champion in the offseason, Kevin many, Durant. How many points is he averaging this year? Like less than ten. Yeah. Because you <laughs> not that's, even double digits. That's what happens when you add. I'm just saying. Oh my. I'm just saying. Sacrifices need to be made. Even okay. Uh, even Spencer would agree with me that mm, when you add a guy like Kevin Durant, we should you, definitely talk to Spencer about this before you say saying shit like this. All right. Fuck it. Even dumbass people like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith would agree with me when I say... Come on, don't compare me to them. That's retarded. They're so dumb, it's crazy. I know they are, but that's they, why they get... Literally, their job is say dumb shit so that people watch your show. Yeah, maybe maybe you should... Like, ha. you could naturally take over that position. No, see, that's a really podcast. good point as an incredibly biased person. Oh my god, dude. If you... At, okay, if KD joined the Celtics in the offseason, do you think that Isaiah Thomas's numbers would have taken a hit at all? I don't think he'd be averaging 30 a game, but he also wasn't averaging 30 a game up to this point. Do you think he'd be performing as well as he is in the fourth quarter? I think quarter? he probably would. You think he'd be great? Like, yeah. Dude, when you add is, a guy is, like is that a, to any team. His assist numbers in the fourth quarter would be stupid. It would be unbelievable. IT's assist numbers in the fourth quarter. Dude, if you add a guy like that to any team... other The other players are going to have to sacrifice something. In the case of the Warriors, Draymond Green took the hit because... To be honest, out of their like big three, what they called their big three, right? He was the the least like offensively capable. The Warriors have the three best shooters in the NBA right now. The, the Warriors, there's no did, argument. Did any Warrior win the three point contest this year, Ooh. or did one of them just choke like a motherfucker? Hey. Wait, won the oh, wait, Eric fucking Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Did did Damn. Clay make it to the second round? No, he no, didn't. he didn't. He wasn't even close. Okay. Hey, you know who else fucked contest? up hardcore? Fucking Steph. Oh, when he was he... trying to do the goddamn half court shit. Hey, Paul. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't Paul, even Paul, care Paul. about cancer. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. But also, he went zero for eleven the other day from three. That's an important fact. I have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, it's true. But what's he shooting like? I mean, his three points percentage is still over forty percent for the year. His three per point percentage for the year is the worst of his career. Okay, but is it still over forty percent? But is it that the fucking worst says of his something? Career? He's the best shooter of all time. Probably. Thank you. I appreciate the fucking daps, okay? Yeah. But he's God, the man. least fucking clutch shooter of all time. He's not <laughs> fucking true. I wouldn't even say that. I would say he's the most anti-clutch shooter. That's what the word I was looking for. Most anti-clutch. See, look, dude. Anytime a big game comes around, he just he disappears. He look, runs away from the big moments. Here's it. Okay, I I I agree with I agree with this partially. Let me explain my 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 side of things with this. All right. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I'm a Warriors fan. Obviously, I'm a Steph Curry fan because of that, yep. and I'm I'm biased because of it. But let me yeah, explain right. something. Yep. Just straight up through numbers. All right. Last season in the finals, where everyone says he choked. I understand. All right, but he still averaged over 20 points per game, shooting 40 percent from the field and 40 percent from three, which isn't nothing to fucking scoff at. Okay. Okay. Now, when you compare his playoff and finals run to his regular season, people say. That's not how a unanimous MVP should perform in the playoffs. Absolutely. I fucking agree. 
That said, you should not take his unanimous MVP away from him, saying like, oh, he shouldn't have been unanimous MVP, because his regular season was fucking unreal, dude. It, it was record-breaking. You did not dispute our point. However, okay. What was your point? His, his, that he's okay. fucking anti-clutch? Exactly. Can I, can I, 25 on 40-40? Do you realize how fucking good I, that is? Can I please just say one thing? Yeah. Okay, so last season, he was easily the best shooter I've seen ever. Honestly, I was thinking that maybe he had surpassed LeBron in terms of usefulness mm, and valuableness not, to a team. That's not true. Okay, I, w- I was thinking this. This is my personal opinion. LeBron. As someone who's not a fan of the Cavs or the Warriors, let me finish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> However, when the stage got bigger, when it really mattered, what did he do? Absolutely nothing. What does LeBron do when things really matter? When it's coming down to the wire... When the other two good players on his team gets hurt, he takes the Warriors to six in the finals. So if Clay Thompson and Draymond Green got hurt in the playoffs last year, what do you think Steph would have done? Well, that's the other thing too. Tell me that. So because LeBron has shown that with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love getting hurt during the playoffs and having no one really other than fucking what's his name, uh, the guy who's on the oh I don't even care. <laughs> So the white dude who sucks at point guard, Matthew Dellavedova. Matthew Dellavedova. So LeBron took Matthew Dellavedova to Game Six. So here's the thing, all right? You put him right on his back. Anyone who did, who who argues, first of all, I disagree that Steph was ever better than LeBron as far as importance to his team. I yeah, no, I was obviously uh, wrong. LeBron James for the past dozen years has been the best player on the planet. Anyone who disputes that. I mean, come on this fucking podcast and argue with me, dude. LeBron has been the best player on the planet. He's the he's the player of our generation. He's Mar- he's our Michael Jordan. Okay, that's exactly what I'm saying. So in big moments he comes up big. In big moments, Steph just hides. I see, but you're comparing. You're comparing. I, see, he wishes he could. He now chokes. the thing is, he doesn't necessarily choke though. If you look, first of all, if you look at the numbers. Okay, yeah, I know the numbers aren't everything. Exactly I know choke. numbers aren't everything. He puts up numbers. If you look at the numbers, I know fucking numbers aren't fucking everything. But if you look at the numbers for the Warriors' last fucking finals, Harrison Barnes was the weak link, and, okay. and he's gone now. Okay, and I, and I know that like Steph did not. And again, I want to fucking reiterate this because I've had this argument with so many people so many fucking times. Steph Curry did not fucking perform well in the finals or the playoffs compared to his saying. game. You're saying he fucking he was anti-fucking clutch implying that he fucking I, was like he was, can he I was say one thing. the team. Can I say one thing? Yeah. So all season when when it came down to it in the fourth quarter if they were within a couple points Steph went onto the floor and he would sink a half court three if he needed to. He would win Hyper the game. League. Come on. Hyper against league. the Spurs of all teams he did that. Against lots of teams he did that. When it came down to it in the regular season, if they needed the win to get their fucking best win season ever, Steph Curry went out on the floor and he got that win. Okay. However, in the playoffs, when they needed that win, he went out on the floor and he missed the shots. Now, let me just throw something out there. I know that a lot of... Okay. I know that a lot and a lot of Warriors fans have said this shit and it's really petty. Okay. I know that. I understand that going into it. I feel like I'm a little bit less biased than a lot of these Warriors fans out there. I would agree with you. But, okay, bear with me. Don't fucking attack me right away. I know you're going to say No, no, I'm going to let you say whatever you want to say. In the first round of the playoffs, when when the Warriors were playing the Houston Rockets last year, okay. Steph suffered a grade one MCL sprain. Now, I know that you can't 
say, oh, well, he was injured, so he wasn't playing 100%. I know that's not the whole thing to blame. I know that something has to do with it, like mentally and everything. But, um, you know, I, compare, I mean, it's just, it's it's tough to say. And hopefully this year we get a, a fair finals where everybody's healthy, where we could see both teams yeah, going that, at that it. Yeah, that healthy Celtics-Warriors final will be good. <laughs> but, oh but, but in all seriousness, like, I know, I understand that, like, his injury it can't it, it doesn't make up for like how the warriors blew a 3-1 lead and haha but like it's just it, it i the i feel like it has it has something to do with it and even with an, a nagging injury like that i mean the numbers he put up and the way that he performed weren't as good as 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 he did in the regular season but i, I don't know man i personally have sprained my mcl i actually tore mm-hmm. it a little bit yeah. but i'm going to tell you it doesn't hurt yeah but you're also like a Whoa. fucking like what? Psychopath, dude. You probably do roids. No, I don't <laughs> at all. Wow. You were talking about hyperbole with us against the Warriors earlier, and now you're saying he's doing roids? No, I was just fucking around. Get the fuck out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. God so, damn. no, anyway. actually, though, ligaments normally do not hurt as much as, like, tendons well, or muscles. Okay, but I'm here's the question. Saying, not that it hurts. Let me just ask Paul a question. Not necessarily that it hurts. Does it affect the way you run or the way that you can move around as easily? It affects easily? the way you sidestep. Which lateral quickness and la- just lateral I will ability say that is, is important. important. It is important. Well, uh, no, well, also, football too, I feel like, right? Also, Especially if you're on the line. Also, right? it's more Oh, more, yeah, I was out for a couple weeks. It's, but, it's also mm-hmm. much more important on defense, which Steph Curry doesn't play. Exactly. Just like James Harden. <laughs> So, but we're not Curry, talking about Steph. Steph Curry is talking about his shoe. Another point that I'd really like to make is, yeah, is Michael Jordan's flu game. He was fucked up beyond all belief, and like on whatever the hell was happening, whether it was, it was a sickness, whether he was poisoned, like some hangover. people claim, hangover, hangover, maybe he loved gambling till four in the morning. Regardless of what <laughs> it was, he was just destroyed mentally, and he just went off. Well, well, how many points did he put up that game? Uh, I was it sixty? It was one fifty something. It was fifty something in the playoffs. High. It was a lot. Yeah, it was crazy. So now for him, when worst came to worst, he just still performed. When it mattered, he still went off. I'm just saying. Like, I know, I know, I know. If you're trying to argue that Steph's one of the greats, he's got to do something like that. Not just choke every Steph, year in the playoffs. Now to be okay, so I think we're gonna we should we should wrap up this topic a little bit because it's been going on a little bit but, forever. I want to. I want to wrap by saying, I don't think that Steph is necessarily one of the greats. He's I think he's not a shoe in for top fifty of all time, like Sports Illustrated or NBA has said. You know what I mean? I don't think but, he's a shoe in for all of fame. But he is. He is the best shooter we've ever seen, in my opinion. Still, he had the best regular season shooting ever by far. I think his resume up through this season, including the past, including his whole career. I'm okay. Including his whole career has been. He's the best shooter. Of it's all been time. crazy, but not in the playoffs. Right. And I think, personally, I think so. The whole every league is built on winning the championship, you know. And I think if you can't be clutch in the playoffs, then you're useless as a player. True, because that's what matters so, the most. So if, I uh, guess maybe if not have... useless, but like that. At the end of the day, everybody in the league's goal is to win the championship. All right. And if you're not going to be good in the time leading up to that, then mm-hmm. who cares? All right. So who we're, cares? I'd like to, uh, to to wrap this topic up real quick. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen this year. Um, since we'll have I'm a excited. bigger I'm since excited. we'll have a bigger sample size. Um, since a lot of these 
you know, things are kind of coming off yeah, in one year. So we'll see what happens. I two will years. say it's two years. I will they say fucking it. won in 2015. Despite Curry. Come on, dude. He sucks. Oh, my goodness. LeBron and Delavidova took you guys to six fucking games. Come <laughs> okay, on. Dude. All right. That should have been a sweep. Okay. With Caleb and Kyrie, that should have been a sweep. All right. I will say something I didn't really think about was Curry's MCL spring. I'm excited to see how he performs in this finals. I hope every, I hope everybody's healthy. I hope JR comes back um, as good as ever, and I hope Caleb comes back as good as ever. And obviously, yeah. for me, I hope KD comes back and is his, his normal self. I oh, hope KD. we see. I, I understand. I hope we have a full, um, you know, a, a, just a great series, and it's going to be interesting. To that's see that's why I watch the finals. Yeah, now, I, I like some good basketball. If, now, if, if Avery Bradley's healthy for the playoffs. Celtics are winning it all. I'm calling it right now. Please right. call me out. Right. Now, um, we've been talking about Steph Curry for a while. Now, we, we, we uh, foreshadowed a little bit earlier. Let's quickly talk about um, Vivek Ranadive's next Steph Curry. Buddy oh, Hill. Yeah. Oh, How do we think he's going to do? You think he's going to live up? I mean, here's the thing. He went to Oklahoma for he, he was great. four years, right? He was but great. he's in his you know early 20s right now. He doesn't, like... I don't know. Do you think he's going to get better? I, that's a stupid question. But do you think he's going to – how good do you think he's going to be? What's his ceiling? I, some that's players? very hard to say because he hasn't really had enough playing time yet for us to really evaluate him as an NBA player. But it really – I I think it in a different system, you know, in a less incompetent system than the Kings, he might develop into a good player. But come on. So, I mean, he's been playing – I mean, he played the first half of the season with the Pelicans. Yeah, that's then, a, yeah, another was, incompetent team. Okay, okay. So do you think? So you think he'd develop a little bit quicker, or do you think he's just not going to develop at all? No. So round? I think he would. He would be sort of a guaranteed sort of developing player in a different system that had good coaching, had a good stable front office, stable team, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think he could still be great. And and you know because better. honestly, LeBron, you know, going to the Cavs back when he went to the Cavs when he was drafted. That was a horrible team. Horribly yeah. run. And he still managed to do it. So it really depends. I feel like it has a lot to do with how much you're, like the player is willing to put in. And I feel like it also has a lot to do with how much the team will give the player. But the combination of that is what will define whether Buddy Hill pays off. So when you say stable front office, you're saying like the ability to surround him with players that will make him succeed. Surround him with players and just like a system that isn't constantly changing because right, right, right. if you're a new player in an NBA team where your system's constantly changing, you're changing your coach all the time, that's very hard to develop versus, you know, right. something stable, it's a lot easier to learn and grow as a player. Right. So start, so like, you know, we've had a couple examples of unstable front offices kind of like Sacramento and New Orleans and you know, one of the most unstable or just like the shittiest in most people in like the in the um, common NBA fan in like their their vision and their Sixers. Yeah, Sixers. <laughs> fuck, sorry, I'm trying to fuck around. Anyway, logo four last night. Oh my god. Yeah, he was he was atrocious. But oh. let's talk about their other center that they traded to the Mavericks at the trade deadline. Nerlens. Yeah. So Nerlens going but, to Dallas. How do you think that impacts Dallas's future? I think that had the Sixers known about Joel's injury. Like, the fact that he's about to be this injured out for the whole season, I don't think that trade ever happens. Right. I think Nerland's Noel was someone who's a great rim protector who just needed to do a change of scenery. Well, see, but, okay, so two things off of that. 
Um, real quick, as far as the Sixers are concerned, Nerlens has wanted out of Philadelphia for a while now. Yes. He didn't want to come off the bench. Um, so I feel like they kind of had to move him. And, and as far as Jaleel goes, as far as Jaleel goes, like, I don't know if any team really wanted him uh, just because he's in the wrong era, yeah. you know, as a big man, as, a, as, as an offensively skilled big man. Um, the second thing I want to say, as far as this whole Nerlens situation in Dallas, kind of the way I want to direct this is like, you know, inevitably Dirk's going to be retiring soon, but Dallas has, you know, now they have Nerlens, who's what, 22, 23, something, he's pretty young, you know, um, they got Seth Curry and Yogi Ferrell, (laughs) you know, they got young, and Harrison Barnes too, they got, they got young guys who they can build around, um, do you see them, um, well, even this year, do you think they, they're going to make the eight seed in, in the West? Do you think? How do you think they're going to do going forward? Do you think they're in a full rebuild, or do you think they're just going to try and push I, forward? I think guys? they have a lot of pieces they could build around, but I'm not sure if Mark Cuban's willing to just sit on those and wait for it to build versus demanding moves to make things happen now. That's the you other. Know, I don't know if he's a patient enough owner. That's the other thing too. I feel like I feel like Dallas, like. Could and should make be able to make a splash in free agency like every season. They're they're a solid team. I mean, they solid got DeAndre Jordan office. the other year. Well, yeah, but like that's but, what I mean. He but then, but then the way that Mark Cuban went off on him after he didn't. Yeah, I think that sort of behavior turns off free agents. It does, but like as far, but like Dallas in general, like Dallas seems like a decent city to be in. They have an elite coach in Rick Carlisle, who's yeah. he's, he is. He's a great, he's, coach. he's a good coach. And like even in examples recently, like. Um, Darren Williams, they bought him out so he could sign with the free age with the with the playoff contending team with the finals contending team. Like they're good to their players, it seems like. Dirk's been there his whole career, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think there's a reason for that. I feel like they're they're solid. You know, they don't need to tank like like teams like the Sixers. Yeah. That said, what do you think about like tanking in general? Do you have any idea do you have any opinions on this, um, Paul, as far as like the Browns? Browns as a Browns it's fan. a plan. All right, yeah. Hear me out. <coughs> Bet you it's gonna work out. Twenty twenty one, Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that's all I've been saying. Ooh. Check it, Mike. I know you've been listening to this shit. Hey, but, uh, at String Cheese Boy. But but any of our real fucking uh, listeners know that uh, you know what I'm be saying. You know what I'm be saying. But what do you? So what do you think about tanking? Because this is an interesting thing to hear about from a Celtics fan. Because you know, if you look at like the mid two thousands, first of all, I want to say this real quick. All right, and I, you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, fuck, David Griffin should win G or uh, should win Executive of the Year." And look, I understand. Oh yeah, he flipped Mike Dunleavy for Kyle Korver. I understand he signed Darren Williams. I understand he he signed Andrew Bogut. I don't give a fuck, dude. LeBron did all of that. LeBron is the GM. LeBron is the one that says, "Oh, I want these guys." I don't think he should win. I think that Executive of the Year should be a multi-year award, which I know that doesn't really work in real life. But Danny Ainge is the best GM in the NBA right now, um, and the reason Smash why to that. they didn't. I mean, they kind of tanked really when they had Paul Pierce back in like the mid two thousands. He was ready to fucking leave, but. Love trade ball year after year, but uh, Danny Ainge made those two big trades that same season for KG Ray Allen, and really formed a dynasty around like, I mean, really they had a big four. Rajon Rondo was elite back then. Well, I, I think Rajon Rondo would still be elite, but he he's only elite when he's surrounded by good playmakers, right? Or so well, good yeah, well shooters, yeah, yeah, good shooters. Like he can dish it perfectly. He can run an offense very well, but if he doesn't have people around him who can create their own, I mean, like create shots. Last like, year, last year he averaged like what, like nine, ten assists a game, and he, he was on the fucking Kings. He man. was averaging the most assists per game last year. Oh my! And he was on the Kings. Yeah. So that's amazing. But like, 
All I'm saying is like Danny Ainge, like that. That's that should say like you don't have to tank to be good. Yeah. He is just such a. He he realized Paul Pierce and KG were coming at the end of their careers, and so, so he flipped them. Trade raped the Nets. Essentially, Nets. yeah. yeah. For the, yeah. So and we we still have the why, pick this year and next year. That's why they it's have insane. they have like arguably the second best team in the East, and they have a, a great future. They're likely going to get a top four pick this. year. They're going to get a top. Four we pick might get the first overall this year. There's a good possibility. Very possible. And next Nets year, are still and, the worst team in the league. And like you said, like the the next year they have their pick as well. So tanking necessarily doesn't always work. Yeah. Know? Well, I feel like it has to be intelligent tanking. It's like. Tanking with context, sort of, you know. So, because currently it almost looks like the Nets are tanking, but they don't have their own first round pick, right? This year and next year, so it makes no sense for them to be this bad. Well, they have no option but to tank. Yeah, it's really hard to not tank with the roster. (laughs) They have no future. They have no assets. They have no. (laughs) I mean, they're they're fucked. So yeah, they just gotta wait till they're done with this. So yeah. So anyway, (coughs) uh, talk about the Celtics real quick. Um, Another move that Danny Age made last year was to get acquire Isaiah Thomas from the Phoenix Suns. And I think that that turned out to be just, I mean, it was a great, it was a great move. Okay, another flashback. Mm -hmm. In 2013, the Sacramento Kings had DeMarcus Cousin, Mm -hmm. Hassan Whiteside, and Isaiah Thomas. Right. All at the same time. Right, right, right. And they just couldn't understand what they had. So that's what I'm talking about, about an incompetent franchise. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's where Buddy Heald's at right now. So he can overcome that personally, but... It's gonna be hard to do. To be said though, Isaiah Thomas has really come into his own like like this year. I mean, last year he was what six man, right? No, no. He he started for the Celtics. He was starting last year. Yeah, last year he was averaging. Last year he was averaging roughly twenty six points. This year he's averaging twenty nine point six, maybe up to thirty by the end of the season. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's turned into a great offensive, one of the best offensive players in the NBA. In some of the worst defense. So thank God we have Andrew <laughs> so that's Thank God he's back from injury. That's a backcourt you guys got to keep together, man. Yeah. No matter do. the price, y'all got to keep him them together. I want to keep both of them. They're great. Well, uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas is getting up there, and by the time his contract expires, he's like thirty-one. Isn't his contract up this year? No. Oh, it's not? It, it, we have him for at least one more year. He's going to be like 31 at that point. And, I mean, a 5'8 guy who's 31, I don't know. All right, well. Because he's going to get paid somewhere. And I don't know if Boston's place he should get paid. I think Marcus Smart work. will develop by then. And oh. I think, dude, he's been getting better every year. Well, the thing is, too, you guys got a lot of cap space. Like, Tons relatively of speaking, we to s- other elite teams. We have cap space. Cavs are way over. We still have cap space to sign a max contract. Yeah. So, especially yeah. with the cap jumping, too. Yeah. So, not to harp on um, Boston sports too much, but we're going to go ahead and transition into football real quick. We're going to talk about um, the Patriots real fast. Um, Tom Brady's uh, Instagram post from about a week ago where he uh, allegedly <laughs> went off that ski jump and ate shit. Um, I'm sure that scared the shit out of Patriots fans everywhere, you including have no Lundy. idea. How did you feel I about that? I saw that. I, I shat my pants and then was hoping it was a stunt double. Well, yeah. It didn't really look like him, huh? Well, it's it, hard to tell if it was him. So yeah. it looks like a jacket and pants that he would wear, but I just – I don't think he would do that. Hmm. I think, like, with how much thought he puts into, like, keeping himself healthy, I just don't think he would ever go off a ski jump, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I assume he likes – I know it's a stupid thing to assume, but, like, I assume he likes skiing, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but like you seems don't like have to go ski guy. jumps to ski. Right, true, true. Yeah, and I just also don't. Seems, I don't think you'd risk anything like that. Well, it doesn't seem like that smart to like 
Especially, yeah, it doesn't seem like that smart that he would like video and then post himself yeah, doing uh, that. You know, it just wouldn't happen. So that, but I'm, I mean, that that was probably like the first time you saw that. I'm yeah. sure that was like kind yeah. of like, shot my oh, pants a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> that dude's almost forty. I gotta change my underwear. You know, I, I I need that guy. I want that guy for years, and he's old, and he shouldn't be skiing like that. How many years do you think he's got left in him? Uh, four. That five. was my question. Four or five. Four or five. Four or he's five. gonna be like forty-four if he's. Uh, yeah, this I is on recording now. I truly believe so, he will be elite till he's 45. So sticking with the Pats. At the least stick, is what you're saying. Yeah. Sticking with wow. the Pats. Okay. Sticking with the tradition of uh, this podcast. How many more years do you think Gronk's got in him? I have no idea. Six months. I couldn't be. <laughs> I could personally not be more confused by the Patriots free agency. We didn't lock up Hightower. When we, when we de- dealt uh, Chandler Jones to the Cardinals... And then when we got rid of Jamie Collins, I was convinced that that was because we wanted to be able to lock up uh, Dante Hightower and Malcolm Butler in the same year. Well, okay, but However, we just didn't do that. The, our two, I think, most important free agency targets, we just haven't locked up yet. Well, going back to Rob Gronkowski, though, he said he wants to play for as long as he can. He said that he's no doubt ready for 2017. Does that convince you that you guys should not trade him and you should keep him on your no. roster? You think you should still trade not him? Not at all. So he's, you, he's had three back surgeries. It just gets worse as time goes on. So no, once you had three backs, oh my god. So what are I, you looking for then? I like just, in exchange I, I, for him. I don't know. Promising like, rookies, draft picks. I, I would think young guys because we like to pay people a tiny bit of money to be very good. And I think we should have brought back Martellus Bennett. I think he's a better long term option than Gronk because this whole season he's pretty old though, isn't he? He's the same age as Gronk. And oh, this wow. whole season, he was playing with a chipped bone in his ankle. I thought you were going to say boner. Nope. <laughs> he was playing with a chipped bone in his ankle. He just kept on pushing through and was sick up until the Super Bowl with like a chipped bone in his ankle. Like, Wait, I think Gronk? No, Martellus Bennett. I think that sort of toughness is something that we really need. And that something, is admirable. Something that really helps the football team versus someone who... like. At least half of the seasons he's been out before the playoffs. So you're looking for young guys in exchange for Gronk, then not necessarily. I want like, Jake Butt. Not. <laughs> <laughs> you want Jake's butt? No, I want Jake Butt from, from Michigan. Michigan. Right. Michigan. Motherfucker. Might as well get get fucking Devin Funches then. Is there also a guy named Gay from Michigan? I don't know. I don't know. So you're looking for because like I was thinking like you guys wouldn't want like washed up vets because you guys had like Randy Moss towards the end of his career you know shit like that. I'm thinking okay. Josh Gordon just got reinstated. I think Josh Gordon could have a sort of Randy Moss style renaissance in New England. Wow. But he didn't have a career like Randy Moss. I know. So it'd be an even crazier renaissance. That'd be interesting. Because there wouldn't be anything really to compare it to. But could you like? I don't know, man. I like. Could you imagine if 